Greetings, Hempster. Thanks for tuning in to another hemp episode of HempAware Radio, where we focus on what's most important. Today's show is all about weaving hemp fabric into our lives. And if you're listening to this, you already uh, likely know how amazing hemp fibers are for both woven and non-woven applications. And today I'll be chatting with Shripat. Uh, he's with WeavingVibes.com, and they're out of India, who is you know doing some really amazing things with hemp fabrics. But before I um, jump into the conversation, I want to mention that if you do have a hemp company or a hemp brand that you want to get more traffic leads and sales to, or if you're wanting to update your brand in any way, we have some pretty phenomenal services to help support hemp entrepreneurs and hemp companies take their business to the next level at hempaware.com. And we've got all sorts of great free and paid resources for hemp entrepreneurs and hemp companies. So check out hempaware.com today. Schedule a call if you feel so inclined, and we'd love to help make your visions come to fruition. Anyway, I appreciate your attention and tuning in to this empowering conversation we're about to have. We believe that hemp is one of the most essential resources on the planet to solve our most basic fundamental needs for food, shelter, clothing, and so much more. And so it delights me to see the progress that Shripat and his team are making with Weaving Vibes and all the things that they're doing with hemp fabrics. So let's dive right into it and bring Shripat Jig. uh-oh, I can't say your last name. Jagirdar. Is that right? Jagirdar. Yes. Thank you so much for being on the show, Sripa. I really appreciate what you guys are doing and look forward to our conversation. Thank you so much, Tyler, for having me. It's an honor. So tell us a little bit about your background. I know you have a lineage of of family that has been in the fabric making industry, but uh, it's only recent that you decided to integrate hemp fibers into what you're doing. Tell tell me a little bit about your background, you know, your family, how you got into the textile industry, and what led you up to wanting to work with hemp fibers. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Basically, my history started, I would say, in childhood. Uh, with my grandfather starting with his business in the 60s, early in the 60s into textiles, where I was primarily uh, manufacturing and trading of cotton yarns and cotton fabrics, which then led to my father starting uh, his venture into textiles in the early 80s, 85s, around that time, which uh, around when polyester was, you know, really uh, getting into the market. And uh, he's still into manufacturing uh, of uh, cotton and linen fabrics now. And I had joined him in 2012, where we were primarily, as mentioned, manufacturing cottons and linens. And that's where the awareness of, you know, of how a fabric is brought to life really got to me. And during the years when I realized the final, uh, you know, outcome of, for per se, polyester fabrics, I kind of researched and uh, tried to find a better commercially viable alternative. 
who got it. Yeah. So it's only you say maybe in the last four or five years that you really started considering integrating hemp into your product line and manufacturing process. Correct. So I would say the idea started in 2015, uh, but okay. it took so me a couple years. of years. Mm-hmm. Yes, seven years. But it took me a couple of years to, you know, I just got introduced to hemp in 2014, where I then I understood what sustainability actually means. It was just a word for me before that. And, you know, while studying about hemp, I understood, you know, from the farm to fashion, if I can say the entire process. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just kind of understanding where the fiber grows, how does the fiber convert to yarn, how do we convert it to fabric, took me a few years uh, to also get the commercials and the transportation all jotted down. And we started commercial production in 2020. In actually mm-hmm. in March, just, uh, just the same month as COVID hit India. Right. Not an easy time to start a new venture, but I think with the progress that you've already made, being a textile manufacturing company and having all the right machinery, it was just a matter of putting the hemp yarn into your machines and, and taking it from there. But, you know, that's why I want to have you on the show because I feel like you're one of the only ones in the world, you know, it's, it's a very nascent industry. And even though hemp fabrics have a tremendous history, um, it, it's just, as, as you very well know, being one of the only leaders in hemp textile manufacturing, it, it's a very, very small industry so far. But um, on that note, I'm curious, in your studies and when you came across hemp, did you come across any interesting history or historical facts about hemp fabric as it relates to India specifically or even the world at, at large? Did, did you learn some things that were really surprising or interesting to you with regard to hemp fabric history? Uh, relating to hemp fabric history specifically, uh, you know, to India, well, what we realized is that uh, actually hemp fabric has been around for hundreds of years. And, you know, the modern hemp industry in India is at a highly nascent stage. Even though, paradoxically, you know, the use of hemp fiber, for example, for food or for rope or textiles has been commonly acknowledged for several centuries in India's rural communities. Uh, currently also a growing number of agricultural training programs and practices are spreading across farming communities to spread knowledge of hemp. That's wonderful. So, yeah, so uh, also hemp is considered a gift referred to, you know, in the Hindu religious documents as a sacred grass, one of five sacred plants of India. And this Provided goes back to... Correct. Provided by Lord Shiva. That is completely right. So as much as the possibilities are endless with him, the restrictions are completely puzzling. There is, you know, really not much to the story aside from him being, you know, incorrectly and unjustly clubbed with marijuana by, you know, means of state regulations and drug paranoias. But, you know, being said that the revival and its you know, seeing the revival is giving us hope in some way of a breakthrough, you know, for the world at large. 
Have you found that a lot of stigma still exists or did you find any regulatory challenges or issues with getting access to hemp raw materials because of the laws or because of the stigmas? That, was, was there a challenge there? Correct. There is there is a definite challenge there, especially with India, where we have only one state legalized by the government for cultivation of hemp. So, you know, we are still working on several other states getting the legalization for the cultivation of the crop. And, you know, a lot of people tell me why, if hemp is sustainable, why is it so expensive? Mm -hmm. And, you know, to that, I just have to say that there isn't much growth. So, you see, India itself, even in that one state, most of the crops grown are grown for, you know, medicinal purposes. There are very few crops grown for the specific fiber content. So we feel that is changing, uh, but that is definitely uh, a hindrance that we see uh, with mm-hmm. regulations where, you know, we have to import fibers from, say, China, from, say, Australia, from various other countries, which, you know, internally increases the carbon footprint, which is like the opposite of what we're trying to do. Of course, so, yeah. And on that note, obviously, when you discovered hemp as a sustainable resource back in 2014 and you started investigating the other benefits, what would you say other than the sustainability aspects drew you to working with hemp fibers in your textiles? Were there other benefits or features or things that really uh, perked your interest? Yeah. So while uh, doing research, you know, like I mentioned, when I got into sustainability, I found out that there's so many other fibers, right? There's pineapple fiber, there's banana fiber. There are a variety of uh, fibers that come under sustainability. So I was actually looking for, you know, this in terms of strength because I knew I wanted to enter various industries. I was looking for a good tenacity in the fiber A. I was looking at commercial viability by commercial viability, I mean not only pricing, but continuous supply. And I was also looking at, uh, you know, a fabric which is versatile. By versatile, I mean can be used in apparels, can be used in, you know, in the home furnishing industry, can be used in automobiles, can be used in the luggage industry and, you know, other accessories. Right, so, so just the versatility, the strength, the tensile strength, durability. So there's a lot of factors that really got you interested. It wasn't just the fact that this is a sustainable fiber and plant-based, biodegradable, eco-friendly, but it does demonstrate, like you said, the tensile strength, that the long fibers have that extra uh, just durability and overall tensile strength. So um, that's super exciting. And as far as, you know, other challenges, you know, getting this industry established, not only for yourself, but for other people that are wanting to get into textile manufacturing or hemp textile, what would you say are some of the other big hurdles uh, that someone might have to overcome in order to, you know, produce a hemp textile? What, What does that entire supply chain look like and where would you say are the biggest bottlenecks right now 
the entire in the entire supply chain specific for woven fabrics hemp woven fabrics i would say the problem lies in the conversion from the crop to the yarn so at the stage where we get the crop and then the rowing the retting the spinning uh those the wet spinning process those are the parts where uh you know a lot of work is required and mm-hmm. uh, uh you know on the production side that is one one kind of a hurdle that is there in the entire process the process after spinning which is the weaving the processing the garmenting the dyeing the printing is kind of uh, i would say in line but mm-hmm. the process from the crop to the yarn which is you know the spinning process is mm-hmm. is where a lot of work is required that is on the production side uh mm-hmm. on on the other side the two main challenges that that i have seen in the past you know two and a half three years of being commercially uh, you know in the market is pricing a and b is you know awareness knowledge and education about the fabric mhm is okay, because of so, mm-hmm. yeah go on so because of like i mentioned earlier less amount of crops less amount of uh, you know companies making converting the fiber making the yarn making the fabric the pricing and has increased and keeps mm-hmm. increasing another right. thing is the awareness what are the benefits of hemp other than you know it being strong soft and you know uv resistant antimicrobial beyond this you know we try and educate the farm to fashion as in the benefits of the crop itself being grown it it regenerates nutrients into the soil it sucks the carbon from the atmosphere doesn't require water it requires very little water to grow it requires no amount of pesticides or you know harmful chemicals so these mm-hmm. are benefits these are so many benefits that work for the farmers as well as then for manufacturers like us so hemp mm-hmm. benefits are not only to the fabric it goes beyond the fabric right yeah it's, it goes like you said straight into the environment uh sequestering that carbon cleaning and remediating our soil it's a great crop rotation uh plant and um so so just to kind of reiterate what you said like as far as where the bottlenecking is it sounds like you have the system dialed in once the f- fiber becomes a yarn but in order to get the hemp stalks from the field into that yarn state requires quite a bit of 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 processing and machinery um that could end up being in the tens of millions of dollars right i mean to 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 harvest that hemp and then to like you said ret the hemp let those fibers soften and then there's decortication and then there's fiber separation and then there's carding and combing and there's so many different uh stages that that fiber has to go through before coming a a yarn that that's where the biggest bottleneck is um but then it sounds like within that supply chain you guys have a really great system for taking those finished yarns and putting them on your looms and on your different uh weaving machines and and actually producing high quality commercially available fabrics 
But then once that fabric is produced, the next bottleneck is the education and really getting the awareness to the to the consumers, the people that are purchasing these fabrics, as to what they're consuming, how it not only benefits them, their health, you know, their family, but also what what they're doing to contribute to preserving our environment. Did I get all that right? You summed it up really well, Tyler. And just to add uh, the last point of, you know, educating the consumers. Also, I would add another point is educating the brands. Because not Mm -hmm. only do we want consumers to tell the brands what they want, but at the same time, we want brands to have those options. Mm -hmm. And to be ready with those options when a consumer switches and says, okay, let me try, let me, you know, try a hemp shirt or a hemp jeans today. So the options should be available. I totally agree. Yeah, really having the the top down and the bottom up approach, getting to the end consumers, putting out high quality information, education, and at the same time, really valuable benefits, features, and uses, things that will uh, help the companies and brands out there understand the not the economic value and the ecological value that maybe they're going to pay a little bit more for for a product but in the end they're likely going to end up saving money because it's going to last longer but their environmental impact you know they could end up applying for carbon credits or different things that will help offset some of their their costs right that's that's correct that's completely correct so as far as some of the products that people are making with your fabrics, my understanding is you guys specialize in, uh, specialize in woven pro- woven fabrics versus knit fabrics. Is, is that right? Yes. Yes. So tell me a, a little bit about the difference between a knit hemp fabric and a woven hemp fabric, and then let's go into a little bit of um, you know the, the hemp woven fabrics that you currently have and, and what people are using them for. Got it. So uh, weaving and knitting are two two different mechanisms, machineries, and industries. Uh, woven fabrics uh, is generally used for apparels in terms of uh, shirts and jeans and jackets. And knits is your jersey material. So knits is your socks, your shorts, your t-shirts, your hoodies. Those all are knits. So at Weaving Vibes, we own a completely uh, weaving manufacturing mill where all kinds of woven fabrics are manufactured. Uh, when we did, when we started off, we were concentrating only with supplying shirting fabrics in 100% hemp and hemp blends. But over the three years, we've diversified into, you know, three plus industries wherein for apparels, the woven fabrics that we manufacture uh, for kids, men and women range from, like I mentioned, jackets, t-shirts, sorry, jackets, shirts, uh, pants, trousers, and a lot of dresses. For the home furnishing industry, we supply and manufacture fabrics for cushion covers, bed covers, curtains, pillow covers, and so on. And uh, another really interesting industry is the luggage industry. So a lot of uh, 100% hemp canvas fabrics 
which are the thicker fabrics are being consumed for travel bags shopping bags grocery bags school bags pouches and so on so forth mm-hmm. these are the kind of industries uh, that we are currently manufacturing for and we're looking also into the automobile industries with you know the ev cars taking the industry by storm so we kind of have a kind of chalk out a plan where we can have hem fabrics and you know the trims or the upholstery that is used into the car seats mhm maybe like an impregnated uh, biocomposite using a hemp fabric correct so like i mentioned it's a very versatile fiber in uh, for textiles so these are the industries we've just found out in 3 years i'm sure there are many more uh, to do with fabric and uh, you know with hemp characteristics it it falls in beautifully in many many applications mhm so you guys have finished products that are readily available in bulk on you know large rolls of of uh fabric i would imagine in your warehouse but you can also develop custom manufactured fabric like if a a company came to you and said hey i want to do a specific weave a specific weight or maybe a certain blend you you guys can work with them on that level right that is 100% correct so we actually specialize in what we call is a 100% made to order program is wherein we work with uh, with brands with companies uh, with clients where they tell us their end use for the fabric and we backward work in in terms of what would be the best quality what would the color parities be if they want printed fabric what is the gsm what is the weave of the fabric they prefer and mm-hmm. you know manufacture it for them tailor made wonderful so you get all the specifications for their needs and their outputs and you can design something specific for them it's it's really unique and and special um So as far so just to kind of reiterate what you said as far as the different types of fabrics you said um the woven fabrics that you offer would be like anywhere from a lightweight linen or muslin something that might be for a nice dress shirt or a dress of sorts maybe a blouse um and then the the thicker stuff maybe for bags or upholstery curtains and furniture and things like that uh and then the thicker more heavy duty hemp canvas material that's more for like bags or more industrial applications and and things like that that i pretty much get that that is correct and we also do a lot of value addition on fabrics such as dyeing the fabric uh doing screen printing digital printing or eco printing and all of this is using uh azo free you know chemical free dyes mm-hmm. excellent Well that's awesome. I love what you're doing. I've I've uh seen your work and I would love for more people to be utilizing hemp fabric. So it's an honor to have you on the show. Um but I want to shift gears being that you're an entrepreneur, you're in a, a entrepreneurial family. Um what would you say are some of the keys to your success? Uh you know, not only having a hemp company, but just being an entrepreneur and and offering hemp products. what would you say are, are some of the principles or keys to your success that you have followed whether it's marketing or sales or what have you 
Uh, I would uh, sum it up in you know because it was very difficult for me for you know in the traditional family business to come up with uh, hemp, which in India was still a taboo, and feel like this is the path that you know I have kind of chosen right now. So for my journey, I would you know sum it up in three points. I would say patience, a lot of patience, uh, passion. and you know to just be joyful through the entire process because mm-hmm. uh, you know as i mentioned that you need a lot of awareness education knowledge still for hemp in the market so patience is definitely needed uh you know you need passion for particularly for hemp uh without passion you won't go on for long and you know the main idea for like general life is to be joyful in whatever you do so as long as you're enjoying it you know i think everyone will be great yeah keeping a smile on your face through the tough times it can be difficult but like you said having that patience especially working with hemp knowing there's still stigma and misconceptions about what this is and um i think that, that that's very helpful so patience um joy and joy. and passion. passion i love it So in terms of the ways that you guys are currently marketing weavingvibes.com and and your brand what sort of ways are you getting your your products out there or how are you attracting clients and and things like that Uh so we have two business models one is the bulk and the made to order model uh for that we attend a lot of expos a lot of hemp based expos or textile fabric expos happening globally uh and we are on a lot of b2b platforms where you know there are inquiries that we get and we reply to via email and for the other model which is b2c where there we have a bunch of fabrics which are no moq so you can buy as low as 1 yard 2 yard for your own trials for mm-hmm. that uh, we work through social media and uh a lot of uh, you know local fairs that we attend wonderful so the only reason why i feel sorry the only reason why i feel that expos and fairs uh, is kind of the way we've chosen is cause in hemp fabric there's a kind of a notion that it's a rough and rigid uh fabric so you know a lot of people to break that need to touch and feel the fabric Mhm. Yeah, so having that physical tactile Correct. experience is one one of the best ways to to get someone to really enjoy and understand the benefits. I agree. So that that's definitely a great approach. Um right. and word of mouth, you know, when someone gets a hold of something and they like it and they have the resources to share it with other people, it's it's uh it can spread fast. Um but what sort of advice would you have, you know, for other hemp entrepreneurs, maybe uh a hemp company listening to this that has an apparel brand or maybe even you know a CBD company or any any type of hemp business what sort of advice would you give them to you know help differentiate their brand versus other brands uh the advice i would give them to differentiate their brands from other brands is is like i mentioned what i'm doing with weaving vibes you know we're we're doing a lot of r&d trying to be innovative and you know keeping 
keeping the uh, the fire of innovation always alive uh, you know with with him because mm-hmm. the plant has you know magical i think i think more than 20 30 industries that can survive over this one plant and you know as we keep innovating i'm sure this plant can you know produce and suffice the entire population with a lot of things mhm so maybe documenting how they process things or maybe their systems are a little bit different from the next company what they're doing to to do research or development on their products and and maybe just uh documenting that experience and showing it to their audience it would be a good way to get that engagement and show how they're different i i totally agree yeah so what did you have any last thoughts on that or how can people get a hold of you or start working with you what what does that process look like and how can they reach you so at weaving vibes we are always open for collaborations so we're working with freelance fashion designers and all the way to you know big multinational companies because the main aim is to innovate fabrics and get the word out there uh, in whatever capacity so we can you can reach us via the website uh, weavingvibes.com you can email us at info.info@weavingvibes.com i'm available on linkedin as well uh you can also personally email me at shripath s h r i p a t at weavingvibes.com and i would love to help in in any capacity possible that sounds great well i just have a couple last questions for you to um try to extract as much wisdom and knowledge being that you know your area of expertise is textile manufacturing and i'm sure you've done the research uh around the world to see what other countries are are leading the way when it comes to hemp textiles where where have you found other hemp textiles you know being developed or manufactured other than india and china yeah other than india and china uh there's a lot of uh, so what we manufacture power loom hemp fabrics then there are also hand loom hemp fabrics which get manufactured a lot in nepal there's also mm-hmm. a lot of fabrics being manufactured in pakistan mhm there's also uh, i think uh, yes portugal also manufactures a lot of textile uh, hemp fabrics these mm. are the countries that i'm aware of uh, that are into there are some level some capacity are uh, into manufacturing of uh, of hemp textile right and also eastern europe i think there's a a little bit out of romania a little bit out of hungary um and even italy i think has produced some some really fine linens and things like that but what i have found is most of these other countries are are doing a lot more basic elementary or fundamental type fabrics just your typical linen or canvas fabrics whereas i think what you're able to do is a little more refined and specialized would you say that's accurate yeah i would say that's accurate at the same time i would say we are placed for you know for for mass production as well mm-hmm. is we are equipped for you know just to say tomorrow if h&m or zara wanted to you know start with him 
we're sure we could you know help in some quantity of supplying them or organizing you know the countries like pakistan also or china also that is you know manufacturing huge quantities of hemp fabric a month and right. uh, ready so you know i just want brands to know that that we are ready with the manufacturing capabilities and everything we just need a uh, a support mm-hmm. with introducing into the right. market wonderful well to dive a little bit deeper cuz we you know we run a, a company that we get quite a few inquiries people wanting to do different projects and some groups are even wanting to rebuild the textile manufacturing in the USA and we're just finding that you know it's incredibly expensive to to some groups of course you know 20 million dollars is not a lot depending on the size of your company and what your goals are and what sort of funding you have access to but as far as an investment let's say somebody wanted to build an entire textile manufacturing plant you know from farm to fashion like what what sort of investment do you understand that would require to you know get all of the proper machinery from harvesting to decorticating and degumming and all of the different uh, stages what would you estimate that sort of um, project to be worth? Uh, if you're looking at looking at uh, building a project where you know you essentially get a crop into your plant and you're letting out you know a shirt or a t-shirt, uh, that kind of rotation. If you're looking at, I would say easily, you know, a hundred to a hundred and fifty million dollars. Okay. So. Definitely higher than I anticipated. I've heard 20 plus million, but um, obviously, yeah, like how, how far you want to take it will determine uh, how much machinery is required. But I really appreciate you, Shripat, and, and what you're doing. And, and uh, Weaving Vibes has you know, got such a great mission, and I'm happy to discuss further with you. But did you have any last thoughts on hemp textiles, what you want people to know, or any last insights that you'd like to share? Uh, I would just firstly like to thank you for having me and the work you're doing is great with spreading awareness of uh, of hemp in general. Uh, I, I wish you all the best and I would just like to say that we just need to build this community, uh, need to promote hemp and we're all in it together. Uh, and we should, you know, anyone feels like reaching out, you know, I'm ready to help. That sounds great. Well, it's an honor and a privilege to have you on the show and my pleasure to share this vital information with our Hemptrepreneur listeners. Thanks for tuning in to another hemp episode of Hemp Aware Radio. This is your Hemptrepreneurial host, Tyler Hemp, with Shripot of WeavingVibes.com. That's W-E-A-V-I-N-G Vibes, V-I-B-E-S.com. Thanks again, Shreepot, and I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Look forward to having you on the next episode of Hempware Radio. Thank you, Tyler.